Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Anatomy of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Khalil. As you know, I'm a personal trainer, a corrective exercise specialist, and occupational therapist, and my goal for this podcast is to look at motherhood through the unique lens of occupational therapy and women's health coaching and address all those aspects that go into how we function in our daily lives. In this episode, we're going to be talking about vacation and how you can still work on your health goals while you're away. I know a lot of my clients get stressed about this because they've been in such a solid routine. They've been doing their workouts, they've been eating well, and they know they have a trip coming up and those things sometimes are just not possible. So I'm going to give you 10 of my very best tips to help you feel good about going on vacation. And we're also going to address how you can sneak in some of those healthy habits while you're gone. If you're like me and you have school-aged children, it is spring break right now. We have actually been on spring break for the last two weeks. I know some other people have spring break coming up because it coincides with Easter. So yeah, that has been a lot. (laughs) I actually just got back from a trip. I decided that this year, my husband and the boys were going skiing. And quite honestly, I don't like to ski. (laughs) I should, but I don't like the cold. And I'm honestly at an age where I don't want to hurt myself. So the idea of skiing and actually going fast enough to enjoy it just is terrifying to me. So I decided we're not going skiing. Instead of going skiing, I was going to take my daughter to London and Paris. Now, this was a total bucket list trip. It was something that I've been wanting to do because I have not actually been to either of those places. My daughter just turned eight in October, so I thought this is a really good age. She's at that age where she's independent enough to take care of herself, to carry her own bags, to do all the things, but she's still young enough that she wants to hang out with me. And we all know when our kids get older, it's hit or miss if you're actually going to spend time with them on vacation, or if they're going to spend half their time pretending that they have no idea who you are. Going into this trip, I was feeling really optimistic. So I intentionally booked hotels that had gyms in them because I thought, okay, I can just get up. I'll go do my workout. No big deal. I had been eating fairly well for the last couple months. I have been really focusing on not eating too much processed food and really balancing out my diet, making sure I'm getting enough protein. And so I was not concerned. I'm like, you know what? I can take a week. I'm going to eat all the yummy food because when you're in Europe, it's you have to eat the food. And I'm a huge foodie. I love tasty, savory, amazing goodness of butter and cheese and all of that. And I know that of course that is not how I can eat on a regular basis, but when I'm in France, believe me, I'm eating all the cheese, the bread, the escargot, dipping it in the garlic butter. I am so into that. So I'm not one of those people who goes on vacation and doesn't eat anything because I don't want to disrupt my diet. So I guess this leads into my first tip. Number one tip, give yourself some grace on vacation because let's be completely clear, going on vacation with kids is not a vacation. It's actually just parenting in a different place, usually without all the stuff and support that you normally have at home. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing to be able to travel places with your kids and to really spend a lot of time with them because at home, it's very rare that we are spending all day, every day with our children. They're in school, they're in activities, maybe you work, there's a lot going on. And so I realized while I was gone, so much of my time at home is not actually spent with my daughter. So it was kind of new to me. I haven't spent all day with her for two weeks straight in a very long time. And there were many pros and cons that came out of this. So one of the positives is that I felt like I really got to know her better. And I really got to see who she is, the girl that she's growing into, and also hear a little bit more about what she's been struggling with lately, which was really interesting because I find with kids, the more time you spend with them, obviously the more that they open up and you can really get a glimpse into what is going on in their brain. But on the flip side, being there just the two of us meant that I had no one else to take over. My daughter loves to talk, so she would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and start talking, and she would keep going until 10 o'clock at night. And as a parent, I know that many of you can, can identify with this. That can get really tiring. So it was just a very different vibe than when I'm on vacation with my husband and the kids where we can kind of trade off. Maybe one of us will go work out, the other one will watch the kids, or one of us will take them out for a walk so we can just lay in the hotel room in silence. Like there's just a lot of different options when you're there with both parents. So that was something that I did not expect. And I learned by about day two to give myself grace, to take a step back and be like, I need to appreciate this time that I am spending with her and I'm going to soak up every minute of it. And this week is not about me. This is about spending time with my daughter. So leading into tip number two, if you want to work out on vacation and you just can't get away for that hour. So once again, if you're traveling alone with kids, I will tell you right now, that is very hard to do. How can you get some exercise into your day? Because a lot of us, I'm not saying that you have to work out on vacation, but a lot of us want to work out. That feels good to me. It feels good to move my body, especially after sitting on the plane for 10 hours. I was like, I need to, to stretch. I need to do something. So how can you work that into your day without taking out a huge chunk of time? One of the things I tell my clients is it doesn't matter how you split your workout up. It only matters the minutes that you're getting in throughout the day. So that can be that you're doing things in three minute blocks, in five minute blocks. Maybe you do two 10 minute workouts. Most kids can entertain themselves for 10 minutes. So that was something that I started to do. I realized that getting out of the room to do a workout was probably not going to happen. So how could I make it happen in the hotel room in little micro chunks of time? So what did this look like? In the morning, I would get up, maybe do two or three minutes of stretching, throw in a set of 20 squats, and then get dressed for the day. Then later on, before I went to take my shower, I would throw on a 10 minute body weight workout video, something that I could just press play and follow. My daughter was sitting on the bed beside me, got through the whole workout, broke a sweat, felt really good about it. Once again, check that off, moving on. And then sometimes later at night, because she would go to bed 
sometimes earlier than me, it depended on the day, but I would get down and do a short little five or 10 minute core workout. Once again, a lot of this was actually just to help my back. I have some ongoing back tension and I find when I'm walking all day or sitting, my back will seize up. So working in those core exercises before I went to bed really, really helped with my well-being. So that was tip number two. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how short your workouts are. Every little bit you do during the day counts. Tip number three, don't discount the amount of steps that you are taking during the day. Especially if you're going to a place that requires a lot of walking. We have all been to Disneyland and clocked like 25,000 steps in the day. Or like I was in Europe walking around all day, I was getting an absurd amount of steps. I was probably averaging between 12 and 15,000 steps a day, which is pretty good. And when I compare that to what I normally do at home, which is almost embarrassing because I do not get enough steps in since I work from home. So I don't really move around a whole lot if I'm on my computer. That's a lot of movement. And that's something that I need to be proud of and I need to acknowledge because that can get tiring too. A lot of walking all day is, that's still exercise. So for tip number three, I want you to set a step goal for yourself on vacation. I will say this is much easier to set a high goal if your kids are in a stroller. Obviously, if you're walking with your kids, we are limited by how much our children can walk. But I found for Addison, we could easily hit 10,000 steps a day, no problem, especially if we were sightseeing and walking around and we would take breaks, we would get coffee, we'd grab a gelato. We had a great time walking around the city. So Set your step goal and try to hit that every day. So let's go into tip number four. We're going to dive into the food piece of it because I know that this can be a little bit stressful for people. Everyone always stresses out like I completely binged while I was on vacation and now I have to come home and get back on track. And what I teach my clients is we really need to change our mindset around food and how we look at food. It's okay to eat and enjoying food. It's part of life and it's something that I want you to embrace. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to drop all our mindfulness, but it's okay to embrace those foods that maybe you wouldn't normally eat and not feel guilty about it. So really taking the guilt out of the equation is the key when it comes to changing your mindset around food, especially on vacation. So one of the things that I tell almost all my clients is when you're eating out at home or eating out on vacation or wherever you are, try to build each meal around protein because this is going to make you feel better and it's going to give you more energy and more balance in your diet so that no matter what you're eating throughout the day, you're not going to wake up and feel sluggish and bloated and all those things that go with not eating maybe the best food. So Like I said, doesn't matter what you're eating, okay? So when I was in France, I'll break down kind of what a day looked like, right? So in the morning, I'm looking at the breakfast menu. You know, they have pancakes, they have crepes, they have oatmeal, and they had an omelet. And so for me, I'm thinking, okay, where is my protein source here? So the omelet was a great choice because even though I put cheese and bacon and whatever else in there, it had, it was a three egg omelet, right? So three eggs is quite a bit of protein. Now I did pair this with some fruit and some toast, and that was a very balanced breakfast. And that felt really good to me because that would keep me full because of that extra protein that kept me full longer throughout the day. 
So then once it got to lunch, I'm looking at the menu and I'm thinking, okay, I really want French onion soup. But we all know that there isn't a whole lot of protein in there and there isn't a whole lot of nutritional value. French onion soup tastes amazing, but I needed to pair something else with that. So what is that protein that I could build around in order to still have my soup, but feel like I was getting some protein in? So I'm looking at the menu and the duck seemed like a really great choice. It was a piece of duck, it came with some greens. So I had my soup first, had my duck for lunch, it was fantastic. Highly recommend, if you can get duck confit in France, go do it. Now, once again, we're not trying to hit our perfect macros here because it's very hard on vacation if you're eating out all day long to track all your food, to make sure that you're getting enough protein, that you're not eating too much fat and all these other things. And honestly, who wants to do that on vacation? I just don't find that to be very pleasurable. So then we got to dinner because we would have a big lunch almost every day. Dinner was fairly light and I would eat a bunch of small plates, maybe get a couple appetizers. Once again, choose something like seafood or shrimp or something that had protein in it and then build my plate around that. And that was a really balanced day for me. So no matter where you are, whether you're at home or you're on vacation, if you're eating out, think about where your protein is coming from and then build the plate around that. So ideally you wanna have a protein with a vegetable and a carb. Sometimes you just have protein and carbs and fat and that's okay too, right? Tip number five, stop snacking on your kid's food. This all comes down to that mindfulness piece. We're really trying to just eliminate that mindless eating. We all do it. It might be you're picking at their fries or eating the rest of their chicken fingers or drinking the rest of their milkshake. This is all just additional calories that we're mindlessly putting in our body. So if you already ate your full meal and you're still hungry, by all means, go ahead and eat the rest of your kid's food. But if you're stuffed and you're just eating it because it's there, that's not gonna serve you well and you're not gonna feel good about that. But when it comes to snacking, one of the things I do like to do on vacation, and I actually just started doing this recently because with kids, it made more sense to stop into a grocery store and buy some snacks. And then I thought, why have I not been doing this my whole life? Anywhere you go, you can usually find a local grocery store. First of all, I find it to be a really interesting experience to see what other countries have in their grocery stores. And so it's kind of fun for me to just walk through the aisles and see what they have. Like when we were in London, we had a Whole Foods down the street and it was so interesting how the same but different their Whole Foods was compared to here. I knew that I'd be in the room with my daughter most nights and I wanted to have some snacks on hand in case either she or I were feeling hungry because I really didn't want to have to leave the room and go get something to eat and all of that after we already got ready for bed. So we went into Whole Foods. I picked up some rice cakes, some almond butter, picked up a couple bananas, I grabbed a couple protein bars. So just stuff that we could easily eat throughout the day as a snack. So not only does this save you a ton of money because we all know that if you're in a touristy area, food is expensive, but also it gave us some better options to snack on when we were just sitting around and didn't, you know those in-between points where you're like, I'm kind of hungry, but it's too early to go eat dinner. So it was nice to have a little snack and then that kept us full until our next meal. I find you can also bring snacks from home, but honestly, 
our suitcase was so packed already, there was zero room for that. I did bring some protein powder, which I intended to drink after my workouts, but then I didn't actually get any big workouts in. So really stuck to the snacks that we had bought while we were there. Okay, my next two tips have to do with getting the whole family on board when it comes to getting some exercise in. Now you may have a day where there isn't a whole lot going on, Maybe you wanna get some movement in, and we all know it's great for our kids to do that as well. So tip number six is number one, get your partner on board. This also goes for while you're at home because it's very hard to reach your health and wellness goals when your partner is either not on board or actively working against you. So I do appreciate sitting down and having a conversation about what that looks like on vacation. So it may be like, hey, I'm gonna get up early and go out for a run. Can you get the kids ready for breakfast so that we can go for breakfast when we get back? Or maybe it's that like, all right, after lunch, we're all gonna go to the park. Maybe your husband's in charge of watching them on the playground while you are doing a little workout or just even going for a solo walk. Having a partner that's on board with this makes all the difference. And I will tell you that most people will say things like, oh, my husband won't be on board or he hates watching the kids while I try to do something on my own. But a big piece of this is that people just aren't communicating what they need. I find for most of my couples that I work with, if they are just telling their partner, hey, I need this 20 minutes to go for a walk, like, can we make this happen? Most times people will be more than happy to do that because they know that you're gonna be happier, you're gonna be a better mom, and that's gonna just serve all of you better in the long run. So communicate with your partner, tell them what you need, try to switch off when you can, and try to do things together as a family. So that brings me to my next tip, tip number seven, get your kids involved. I am a huge advocate for this. I think it is so important to model healthy behaviors for our children. The nice thing about this trip is both the places that we stayed were right next to very large outdoor areas. So in London, we are right beside Kensington Park, which was absolutely beautiful. And that was something that I wanted to go for a run through the park because that's something that I enjoy doing on vacation. And I knew that I was not going to be running at a good pace with my eight-year-old, but I got her excited about it. I was like, hey, let's go to the park. We can run around the lake. We can go look at the swans. We can, you can race me. And we had such a nice time. So I really thought that she was not going to last for more than like 15 minutes, but we would jog for a little bit, we would sit, we'd look at the water, we would keep going, and we ended up doing almost an hour of exercise, which to me was a huge win. And the best part about all of that is that she was very excited about it because once again, when she sees that I'm happy and I enjoy doing something, she wants to model that and kids will whine and complain. There's been many times where we've tried to take our kids on a hike. Like we were in Hawaii and we're like, let's all go for a hike. And they complain the entire time. So we know that this is not always going to work out the way that we wanted to, but when it does, it just feels so good. Moving into tip number eight, let's talk about sleep. I know sleep on vacation can be challenging, especially if you are sharing a hotel room with your children. Now, our kids are older, so most of the time we get to sleep in our own bed at home. I'm not generally sharing a bed with my eight-year-old. I will tell you, it definitely was affecting my sleep. 
But this made me very aware of what time we were going to bed and how much sleep I was getting because I knew that I was not getting the same quality of sleep as I would be at home. I will say I made more of an effort to go to bed early. So generally I tried to get Addison to bed by nine o'clock. I would sit and read my book for a bit and then go to bed. I also would like to say for all the people that know that I have not been able to finish a book in years because my life is just chaotic, I finished two books on this vacation. So that was pretty impressive for me. But it really was because I was trying not to be on my phone immediately before bed that that really interferes with your sleep, especially when you're in a different time zone. People here were awake while we were trying to go to bed, so it can get really distracting. So I was putting my phone on Do Not Disturb, reading my book for an hour, and then getting to bed at a really good time. This made it that I was getting almost eight hours of sleep every night, which felt good. It gave me the energy to kind of power through the day and do all the things that we needed to do. If you have younger kids, it's okay to impose nap time. Once again, even if they're not sleeping, having some downtime in the afternoon is super important. There were a couple days where I was like, girl, I need a nap so you can do what you need to do. You can color, you can watch a movie. I don't care. I'm taking an hour nap. And luckily, like I said, my kid's old enough that she can manage on her own. So that was really nice. It was really nice to come back from vacation feeling like I actually did get some rest, that I wasn't just running on empty. All right, I have two more tips. I think we're on number nine, I don't know. But this next tip is if you really do want to stick with a routine, if you have the luxury to be like, hey, My husband is there, I'm gonna get to the gym every day and because I'm not working, this is something that I want to prioritize and I can prioritize. This is how you're gonna make it happen. You need to go with a plan. Because if you just show up at the gym and you're looking around and you're like, I'll do a little bit of this or a little bit of this, it's not gonna work out very well for you. I mean, it's still better than nothing, but it is so much more time efficient if you go in with a plan. So for example, if you are one of my clients on my app, I will plan out whatever you need to do on vacation. If you tell me I need no equipment workouts or they have a full gym, I will create your workout for you. So all you need to do is open up your app and look at what's on the schedule, get it done and move on with your day. I find that is the best way to get in a solid workout. And your plan can be something even as simple as, okay, on Monday, I am doing the nine o'clock yoga class. On Tuesday, I'm going to do the workout on the app that I'm doing in my hotel room, and that will take me 20 minutes. So it doesn't have to be this huge like gym routine for the whole week, but just having some sort of mental Schedule makes it really easy to get it done so that you don't just waste time trying to decide what to do. All right, last tip, tip number 10, don't sweat the small stuff. I know this is so much easier to say than to do, but truly when you're looking back, the little things that went wrong don't matter in the long run. Even for myself, I had this very perfect vision of what our time in Paris was going to look like, and a lot of the things didn't work out the way that we planned. Addison had a couple meltdowns. She was tired. She was overwhelmed. She was overstimulated. We didn't get to see some of the things that I wanted to see, 
And instead of getting upset about things and getting stressed and overreacting, I really, I really just tried to let it go. And for someone who's type A like me, that can be really hard, but not stressing over those little things that are going to ruin your trip if you're the one who makes a big deal of them makes such a difference. Because in the end, we came home, I look back, we had so many positive memories. I really enjoyed the trip and I'm really glad that I did not focus on the negatives over the positives. So that wraps up this episode. If you are headed on the spring break trip, I hope this helps. You can listen to this on the plane on the way there as a little reminder of how to stay on track, how to feel great about yourself, how to communicate with your family about what you need so that mom is happy, kids are happy, partner is happy, and everybody feels good. So I will see you next week. We have a special guest next week on the Anatomy of Motherhood podcast, and we'll talk then.